morning, everyone. This morning we're going to talk about finding joy. I'm excited about talking about it. If you remember, about a month and a half ago, I got to share around the communion just like Stephanie did. She did such a great job this morning. Thanks again, Stephanie. One of the things that I shared is I felt like I had lost some of my joy in my walk with God. So what I'm sharing with you today are some of the things that I've learned, some of the things that I've really had to uh, work on, really been studying it out over the past, over this summer. And I realize that it's pretty deep, but because losing joy is one of the biggest struggles for us Christians. I want to tell you a story about two years ago, I think it's two years and a month, me and my beautiful wife, we got asked to go to the full-time ministry. We were so excited to do that. We, 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 left, our, we left the career paths that we were on because we were like, we're just excited about serving God full-time. You know, we were leading the campus in the singles ministry. We were dating at the time. We weren't married. We were just dating at the time. But three months later, I asked her to be my wife. So I got my dream job. The dream girl. Life was pretty good. We started planning our wedding. Uh, we got engaged December 13th. I don't think we waited much longer. I think within a couple of days after the joy, wore, the happiness wore off there, we, we started planning our wedding. And, and as far as the planning the wedding phase, like I wasn't like, I don't know. I didn't care about the colors. I didn't care about the venue. We had a beautiful venue thanks to her parents. But, you know, I, I was, like, fine with being married. I mean, I was like, we can go to Vegas. I don't care, really. I had one opinion. Well, other than where to go for the honeymoon. My other opinion was I wanted to take part in the gift registry. If you've ever given me a gift, I love receiving gifts. Uh, I get so excited. It doesn't have to be anything big. I just, like, food is a gift to me. I get so excited about little things. And, um... You know, we started doing the gift registry, and I told Lashane, I was like, I, don't really, I just want to do this. What I found out, I really just wanted to go scan a bunch of stuff. That's really where my heart was. But we get to Bed Bath & Beyond, and the, the people there, they, we say, hey, we're going to do our gift registry. And they pull us into this room, and they have us fill out some paperwork. And I, I figured there'd be some of that. But the lady proceeds to tell me about fine china. I'm like, I don't care about fine china. I don't even have regular plates to eat on. That's the stuff I need at this point. The fine china is like 120 bucks for one place setting. I'm like, nobody's going to give that to me. And plus, if they give that to me, why couldn't they? They could give me so much more with that money. So many other cool things. You know what I mean? I really don't want to hear about the fine china. I didn't know fine china is made out of whale bones. I, didn't, I had no idea. Save the whales. Don't have fine china. But you know what? Like, we're sitting down in two hours into this. This is sitting in this room. They're going through this book. And they convinced us. We had it on our registry. We later took it off. But it was on our registry. I was not joyful. I was not happy after that time. I was looking forward to this. This is the one thing I wanted to do. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't ever want to come back to Bed Bath & Beyond. We actually did get to scan, but by that time, I w my heart was in such a bad place. I didn't even want to scan. And, uh, you know, I think me and Lashana probably argued at some point in there uh, just because of my attitude. And uh, we, we were there for about three and a half hours, and we still didn't even finish our gift registry. 
So, but you ever done something like, ever think something small is going to bring you great happiness and you just end up being disappointed? You know, about a week after that, me and some of the brothers and I think a few sisters were playing, um, we were playing Ultimate Frisbee, but it was so wet outside, so we decided to play Ultimate Frisbee with the football. Um, amen to football. You know, we're excited about playing with the football. We played rules, and you know, anytime you incorporate a football into any sport, there's, it gets a little rougher. You know, um, December 30th, we're playing football, and we go, I go up for the final catch. If I catch this, the, our team wins. And I collide with one of the other players, and I come down, and I can't move. I can't move my right leg. I look down, and it looked like my knee had imploded into my leg. Just a gross sight. I got some great pictures if you want to see it. <laughs> Anyways, I get rushed off to the hospital. Doctors check it out after, after you know, a couple of days of checkups, find out that you, know, you shattered your kneecap into pieces, colliding into someone else. The guy, he just had a bruise. I, I don't know what it was. But I hit it just right, shattered my kneecap. You know, this was a time of happiness for me. I'm engaged. I'm about to get married. Break my knee. I'm like, this stinks. Feelings, just all these feelings. I'm like, all of a sudden, now I'm worrying about, am I even going to be able to walk at my wedding? I mean, I know I can walk, but am I going to have to crutch down the aisle? This is going to look kind of weird. I was not, all these feelings, you know, feelings of insecurity was my right knee. You know, we drive with our right legs, and when you have a cast on, the cast was the entire length of my leg. I couldn't move. I couldn't, I couldn't do any of the things that I normally would do. It's just like, just my life was just made difficult at that point. And it, was, it just really started draining some of my joy. The timing was bad. I guess I could have broke my knee a week before the wedding. That would have been terrible. At least I did have time to heal. I was able to walk down the aisle. To make it extra difficult, I had to walk downstairs I didn't walk down an aisle, I walked downstairs. You know, it was so draining for me. And then, this is all within a couple months, guys. A month later, I get a call. Three in the morning. I remember this call. It was, about, it was on a Sunday from my mom, and one of my groomsmen had committed suicide. One of my close friends, he was actually my cousin, firefighter, probably one of the happiest people you would ever meet. We, our family was convinced there's no way that he committed suicide. There's some, something else, but, you know, it was he did commit suicide. One of the groomsmen. But have you ever been through a time like that where just, just blows keep coming at you? You know, I felt like I was, I was kind of, I got mad. I really got mad. I got mad at God. I'm like, God, this is supposed to be a happy time. But I feel like my joy is being robbed right now. I was like, does all this, I mean, can it happen later? You know, like, I really had a hard time with it. I'll tell you what, the last thing I wanted to hear about was joy during that time. First Thessalonians 5.16, it says, to be joyful always. It's an easy to say hard-to-do command. It's not really what you want to hear, but it is a command of God to be joyful always. Not sometimes, 
Not most of the time. Not when life is going well. That's called happiness. You're not always going to be happy. But he says, you should always be joyful. It's one of the hardest parts of Christianity. Point number one is having joy during trials. Turn with me over to James chapter 1. And let's pray before we read the Bible. Lord, thank you for this day, for everything you give us. Lord, I pray that uh, as we open up your word, that, that you really speak, that you take me out of the way, and uh, you speak to each one of our hearts, Lord. Um, thank you so much, and your sons in my pray. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 2, says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James, this is the brother of Jesus, and he writes this book to us, and he just cuts right to the heart. You know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't play around. He just says, be joyful when you're going through a tough time. Be joyful when you're facing trials. But isn't that hard? I mean, it's so hard to do. But he says, we have to have joy because that's when we're growing during those tough times. That's when we're, we're actually growing. You know, I heard it said, don't waste your suffering. It's, God, it's how God molds us. He uses times of difficult times to mold us, to teach us. I'm not saying you can't be sad. I was really sad when I heard about my cousin. But, you know, I, I, I did come to be at peace because I knew that God was working during that time. I knew that God was working in many different areas. He was working on my heart big time. Some of the, some of the, the trials I just mentioned over that two-month span, I had never faced anything like that, especially that many times in a row. I could tell that God was working on me. Having joy during trials means that we have to have a godly, or in order to do that, it means we have to have a godly perspective while suffering. That's the only way to have, a, have joy during trials is to know that God is actually working on me. And trials don't necessarily mean that you have to be going, your life is thrown into utter turmoil. That could be a trial. That is a trial. But it doesn't just have to mean that. It could mean that you've got a, you, you lost your, something with your thesis. That's a trial. Sometimes we're going through trials. Sometimes we're suffering and we don't even know it. Things like not being able to forgive someone. That's a trial. If you are not able to forgive someone, you're, you are robbing yourself of joy. They have control over you at that point. You are robbing yourself of joy. Is there anyone that you haven't forgiven in your heart? Holding on to grudges. That robs us of our joy. Letting circumstances control our emotions. I'll tell you a circumstance I faced at in and out I was there at 3.30 to get, make sure we got the park. 
and I'm setting out the drinks, bend over, and my shorts split all the way down. I could have been upset, but I knew I was going to preach on joy this week, so I got to have a good attitude. Okay, I got to have a good attitude. Lashana wasn't at home, so, but she was at Target. She's like, I'm just going to buy you a pair of shorts really quick. You need another pair anyways. You just, those, were, those are done. But sometimes we let our circumstances control our emotions. It robs us of our joy. We turn into a grouch. We just get angry. Maybe uncontrollable things rob us of our joy. Like you drop a call. You ever dropped a call and just been mad? It's like, did you really have control over that? I mean, you can call AT&T or Verizon, but maybe you're cut off in traffic. Brothers, maybe your football team loses today, and you're just mad. By the way, i got to get a special shout-out to my Falcons. I just, I have them picked for the Super Bowl. That's, that's my team, so it's a biased approach, but I really think they got a legitimate chance this year. Bitterness robs us of our joy. Resentment, worry can rob us of our joy. Another thing, one of the biggest things that can rob you of your joy is if you are not confident in your salvation, you will be robbed of joy. If you don't know where you're going after you die, if you're unsure of, unsure of that, there's no way you can truly be joyful. James says that our trials have a purpose. They are meant to mature us. That's God's plan, and we need to be confident in that. When we're confident in that, we can be joyful during that time. I used to run track and uh, cross country, and I had this shirt that said, The mind is the athlete. Anybody that does sports will know this, that most, of, most sports that we do are mental. It's, it's a mental game. There, it is some physical, obviously, because it's a sport, but a lot of times it's a mental game. And when I would race... I knew when the tough part of the race was going to be. For the mile, it was at the third lap. The third lap is the toughest lap in a mile. And so I would mentally prepare for that toughness. I would mentally pre- I knew exactly how I was going to move past the, the pain that I was going to feel at the third lap. I'm excited. I just got a bike. I'm going to start in the Santa Clarita biking ministry that we have going on right now. And I've already visualized how I'm going to conquer some of the hills out here. I'm excited about it. I'm already visualized how I'm going to beat Norm and Scott Vance. I'm excited to, to take these guys on. It's already happened up here. I just got to put it into practice on the, tr- on the street. But getting through trials, getting through tough times with joy, it takes conditioning. It doesn't just happen. And I'm not saying that the more you, more trials you go through, the better you get at getting through them, because that's definitely not true. Some of us still react the same way we did 10 years ago. What I'm saying is that if you're, you know that you're going to go through trials. I mean, he says, whenever you face trials, we know it's going to happen. But are you going to make up your mind to be joyful? Are you going to have the conviction now to be joyful during those times. How are you preparing to be joyful? Sometimes you need a coach. I know for myself, when after I broke my knee, I had some other problems. My car, I think my car that I had, I just 
gave this, or got rid of this car, but I had a Volvo and I think it was possessed. It just had these problems. And that was another little thing I added on my plate while I was engaged. My car started giving me problems. I'm like, I'm paying for a wedding. I can't, I can't afford car problems right now. You know, and I didn't have a ride. I was, I was scheduled to meet with Ron Hammer. He's in Russia right now preaching, preaching the word. And I was scheduled to meet with him at his house. And I called Ron earlier and I was like, Ron, I can't, I can't make it. I don't have a ride. My ride, uh, I could take my car, but I don't know if it'll make it. And I could have someone drop me off, but uh, their car's not working either. It was, and I'm like, okay. But Ron came over to my house at the brother's household where I was living at the time, and he sat, he sat down on the couch with me, and we just talked. I don't remember that conversation because I was pretty upset. I was pretty bitter at this point because I just broke my knee, and Ron comes in in a good mood. <laughs> you ever been around someone, you're in a bad mood, and someone in a good mood comes? You don't want to be around that person. You're like, oh, dude. But he comes in a good mood, and, and, you know, eventually I let my guard down. Ron and I are really close friends. And he tells me, like, he starts helping me, helping me with my perspective. You know, I broke my knee. I'm all worried about what's going to happen. And he's like, Aaron, you get to learn how to be better at delegating things now because you're not able to do everything. I'm like, that's true. He says that you get to use this time to, to walk closer with God. He said you get to be a better planner at this time because, again, you can't do it all. That's my, that's kind of my go-to is I just like to do things. I just go. He's like, now you're being required to sit still and focus on your relationship with God. He helped me find joy. He told me that I could spend, I'm going to get to spend quality time with disciples because they're going to come over and we're just going to have to talk. I can't really do anything else. We just got to talk. And I tell you what, I built, my relationships got deeper through that time. You know, I needed help on my perspective. See, when you're going through trials, God has a plan. It's exciting. Someone else has a plan. Satan does. Satan has a plan, and he will use your bad attitude to take someone else out any day. An unjoyful disciple is a contradiction in the Bible. It is a command that we are joyful always. Do you have the conviction to be joyful during tough times? So yes, how do I do it? Well, guys, I only have one practical. It starts and it ends with your walk with God. That's where it's always going to come. Not in anything we do. And I, Turn over to Philippians chapter 3. If you're ever searching for joy, the book of Philippians is where it's at. There's about 400 scriptures in the Bible that pertain to joy. We're only going to read a couple of them today. But the Bible is, there is a wealth of knowledge in the Bible to help us in this area of our lives. Philippians chapter 3, we'll start off at uh, verse 4. If anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. Excuse me. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of God. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost 
all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. I love Paul's perspective. He's like, I've got all these things that I could be happy about, but you know, I'm only excited about one thing, and that's just knowing God. Just knowing Christ. That's, that's all that mattered to Paul. Do you put more value in your walk with God than in anything else? Not most things, everything. Paul did. All the things he had confidence in, he considered, he says, I consider it a loss. I consider, like, it's in the loss column. He said, his heritage, his abilities, he considers those a loss. His job, his training, his health, his attitude, his bank account, his family. Fill in the blank with anything. I mean, these are things that we can easily have security in, and most of them are really good things. But Paul had the perspective and the conviction that a relationship with God is the, vo- the most valuable thing that we can invest in. How much are you investing in your relationship with God this morning? Paul gives us some practicals in chapter 4. Verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. There's that command again. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, love this verse, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul tells us to pray. Do you pray for joy? I know I do. I'm just not like naturally. I might come across as a pretty happy person, but in my heart, I'm not naturally a joyful person. I'm kind of a in a, in a way, like a criti- criticistic person, I think that's the word. That's, that's where I am in my heart. I have to pray to God to help me be joyful. Do you find peace in God's plans? The peace that transcends all understanding, he says. See, when you're joyful, it doesn't matter. Like, people are going to look at you and kind of think you're a little crazy. They're like, how are you functioning right now when you're going through some of these things? When you're, doing, when you're going through this, how are you able to do that? When you're going through tough times, but you remain joyful, they're going to look at you a little weird. Like, you're supposed to be mad. How are you, how are you at peace during that time? Being peaceful means that we are truly submissive to God's will. We know that God has our best in mind, that He loves us, that He has greater plans than we do. Are you truly submissive to his will or do you live life the way you want and just hope to sprinkle a little bit of God's will in there? You have to be all the way submissive to be fully at peace. The other thing he says, and I love that it's in the Bible, he says we've got to think about positive things. And you say, Aaron, I can't think of anything positive. I'm going to give you a few. They're out there. One thing, football started. I love football, guys. I love football. 
Go Southern football. That's, that's, my, that's my thing. ACC football, actually. What about this? I got two friends, Robbie and Angie. They're getting married. You can't, you can't be upset and say that. You can't be not joyful and say that. That's going to make you happy, right? Everybody here smiling right now after I said that. Oh, this, Meyer Santana got baptized. Alex Crow is getting baptized. I mean, when, you, when, you, when someone's being saved, you're like, I got to be happy. You got to think about positive things sometimes. You know, me and my wife, we get to work with your children, and, and your children are studying the Bible and committing their lives to Christ. That is something to be excited about. Another thing is you're at church today. Something to be pretty excited about. You know, I love our church, and if you're visiting with our church, I just want to tell you, this, this group is the real deal. They are the real deal. They're, you're like, man, they're all happy. Guys, that's genuine. They're not faking it. It's, it's a genuine joy that only comes from a deep walk with God. And I've never, ever been a part of a church that walks deep, as deep with God as this church does as a whole. Guys, we have tons to be joyful about. Tons of things to be joyful out about. But we won't be joyful if we're not willing to try to be joyful. You know, in closing, the Bible says that finding joy, it's a command. And it's essential to a complete and deep walk with God. We need to be able to find joy in all circumstances and not be controlled by our emotions, not be ruled by our emotions. And the only way that we're ever going to find true joy is a deep walk with God. Thank you for letting me share, and let's stand as we uh, sing our final song.